Are you sick of terrible music like what Dustin's doing with his mouth noises right now? This episode is sponsored by Musicbed. Find the perfect song for your films with a highly curated roster featuring hundreds of artists, bands, and composers that all sound a lot better than Dustin does right now. As a Wedding Photo Hangover listener, you can get your first month of subscription free. Or you can get 20% off a single song purchase. Just enter the promo code WEDDINGHANGOVER when you check out so that you don't have to have weird noises like what Dustin's doing right now. It's just making music, Steve. No, let's not ever call it that again. But Steve... Hi, I'm Dustin. And I'm Kamakama Steve. Welcome back to the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, the finest phototainment in the world. We are an irreverent look at photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Kamakama Dustin, how you doing this week? How You just had a bunch of family at your house. How did you survive? Everybody here is looking at Thanksgiving coming up and they're wondering how they're going to survive their families. How did you survive yours? Yeah, it was actually kind of nice because we had all of our family visit before thanksgiving we did our thanksgiving a week early two weeks early actually nice so we got it like all out of the way but we had everybody stay with us and it's the first time we've had that many people crash at our house that you may or may not have to put up with because they're family yeah so i i survived though steve i survived um, that's why my grandmother's still up because she was napping all day because she survived and needed to recover. But yeah, it's really not, not the siblings of mine that are the exhausting part. It's all of their children that mm. you are constantly chasing around because we're in a brand new home oh, and you're yeah. trying to prevent them from destroying. But also the children are the best part. Um, some would say the only good part about having siblings is that then they have children that you can spoil because they're not your own. You can give them lots of candy and then be like, all right, and uh, have fun with your mom. I'm going to bed. Yeah, I'd be like, spoil them, but I'm like, I don't want to give this kid sugar because he just keeps running into my wall over and over again. But do you have a child-sized hole in one of your walls? I have a few dents that look like a forehead. That's good. I mean, now your house looks like it's lived in. You know, it's a it's a real house. I called my insurance agent to check my liability insurance because one of them kept crawling up the stairs and then throwing himself down the stairs. Sounds like a good time. Like treating it like a slide. Ooh, nice. That's a fun game to play when you're a kid and your bones are indestructible. Bones are indestructible. Were your bones indestructible as a kid? I've Steven? never had a broken bone, so Neither have you I. tell me. Ne- neither have I. Yeah. Maybe my bones are still indestructible, knock on wood. Maybe we're both unbreakable. Mm. Mm. Bruce Willis, (laughs) watch out. (laughs) Yeah, watch out for Sam Jackson. Yeah. I have not seen the new one. No. I have not seen the new one. I haven't seen the new one either. Dustin, 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 my man. Let's do some follow-up. Dustin, first up on follow-up, Philip Warren wrote in to let us know that you can get a desktop client for Google Drive, just like the Dropbox client. Mm -hmm. So when people add files, they just magically appear on your computer, just like with Dropbox. We were talking about that a few weeks ago when you were talking about uh, Lily having to get Dropbox 
because of your Google Drive woes. And I was talking mm-hmm. about my Google Drive woes. Um, and apparently Philip solved that for us. So thank you to Philip. And uh, he included a link to the Google Drive client. So are you using it? Are you down? Did you download it? I did not download it because I don't ever use Google Drive except for that one time with that one person. But this might work for you and Lily, your studio manager, if she still uses. Uh, we we're no, we're all on Dropbox. All we on Dropbox. All on Dropbox now. Well, that's no sad. turning back now. I will include the link that Philip sent us anyway. If anybody else out there wants to know more about Google Drive's client. Um, next up, Dustin, we want to know, everybody wants to know, how them Santa sessions go? And you, you booked out? You got 140 slots filled next weekend? Uh, we have 40 slots filled so far, I think. Well, actually, let's let's double check here. Let's live on the podcast. We have 39, 39 sessions booked. I mean, that's not bad. Uh, 39 sessions is 1950 bucks, $50 a session. Uh, so that's pretty good. A $3 convenience fee. Are you for real? Yeah. Please tell me you're for real. I'm for real. It's a park so on your street or so, what is it? So they're $53. It was something that when I was designing the ticket purchasing like website, uh, it suggested since the ticket prices were so low. Mm-hmm. That uh, it's not uncommon, and all that three dollars does is eat the processing fees, so that yeah. I don't lose money on yeah no no that's a good card idea processing fees. So your uh, your gross will be two thousand sixty seven then if you don't book anymore, mm-hmm. and your take home will be still around one thousand nine hundred fifty right. After I pay Santa and hot chocolate, oh yeah, and candy I forgot about that. And Christmas your take home will be zero dollars exactly it. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then next year you'll have all the props already. You you'll have a Santa exactly. you've already worked with. You have a ton I'll of have, reviews I'll for have Santa a Fort Wayne. Forty person email list. You won't have so. to use copyrighted material like photos Pers- of Kurt Russell anymore. Precisely. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll look legit next year. I did freak out a little bit today because I was kind of glancing at the people who had registered um, from the day before, and so on the sign up forms, um, you have the option of clicking what day and what time you want. Mm-hmm. But then because I couldn't figure out a way to make it so that you could click one day, but you didn't have to click the other. I made it a little column, a little button that says click here for Saturday. And on the other one, I put click here for Sunday. So, so that uh, that what w- kind of website is this? Who are you using? It's called regfox.com. Okay. Have you heard of it? No, I have not. I hadn't heard of it either. I had seen another photographer using it for mini session signups and the simplicity and ease of use seemed to be right up my alley. Cool, so cool. I, there's no signup fee for it. All they make is part of the processing fee of the credit cards. So, and as long as you aren't making millions of dollars, it's pretty reasonable. Nice. But um, I had somebody click the four Sunday and then on the other day they clicked the four Saturday tab, which means they don't have to pay anything because both of those options are free choices. Mm. And so I saw their sign up. And I was like, zero dollars. And I was like, uh oh, somebody figure out a way to scam the system. And I was like <laughs> freaking out for a second. <laughs> so then I went back through to make sure no one else had done that. And then I quickly realized, well, even if they did do that, they don't have a designated time then in which they can show up. So, and I called them and they realized it was an oversight on their part and quickly 
rectified it. So you got their, uh, you, they have to enter their phone number and their email when they sign yeah, up on the thing? Yeah, it's nice. a whole order form thing. So you're building that phone list and that email it's a, list it's a for next year's Santa collection session. gold mine. You're going to sell it straight to China, right? Exactly. Oh, I don't even have to sell it. It's already going straight into a Korean Rick, database. Rick Fox is actually a Korean website. <laughs> yes, <Duh>. exactly. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's, I think it's powered through Firefox, but uh, I don't know who owns Firefox. Oh, speaking of making the mistake of giving your phone number away, today I was just kind of curious what else was out there for me as far as internet options go, because I'm kind of sick of the whole Comcast thing mm -hmm. where I now get 120 megabits per second down up Whoa. from the 45 I signed up at, right? but I still only get five megabits per second up. And I was like, what else is out there? What else is out there? Cause the upload speeds are what kill me because you know, anytime I have to upload something right. to pass Trust or me, to I've had yeah, the same argument with YouTube Comcast. or anything. And uh, so I was like, I'll just go. And it was like, my searches were turning up nothing. And then there was like a site that was like, find great business, whatever near you. And I was like, okay, I'll just sign up on this site, see what it says. And it's like, uh, we just need your phone number and your email address. And I was like, ah, nope. I should say nope, but I really want to know what else is out there. So I made the mistake of putting in my phone number and my email address. That's within you need a Google phone number. Within five minutes, I had three phone calls from Comcast and an email from them, all about setting me up with a business class account that would also that would get uh, 15 megabits per second up, as opposed to five, um, and it would only have 45 megabits per second down. So I take a huge hit on my downstream to get a minimal, you know, upgrade on my upstream. And I'd be paying three times as much as what I pay right now for that service. Yeah. Unless, unless I wanted to add two voice lines to it. <laughs> then, then I'd be paying about twice as much as what I pay right now instead of three times as much. And I was just like, what the hell is this? So when the guy called the third time, I finally just picked up the phone and I, he goes, Hey, I'm your account executive with Comcast. Just want to get you set up here real quick. And I go, I'm sorry, this is extremely irritating when I signed up for this, the thing said right underneath it, we will not bug you with emails or phone calls. This is just in case you need help in the future. And here I am five minutes later and you've called me three times and emailed me twice. And he's like, oh, 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 I got to go. Sorry. <laughs> and I haven't heard back from them since. So it's all good. Wow. Yeah, they must get commission for signing up business class customers. I assume so, because they charge so much more and you get so much less. So, so much less. To be clear, for the listeners out there who do reside in the Indianapolis, Noblesville area. Oh my gosh, if your, I lived in Indianapolis, if I lived in Indianapolis, I could get Verizon 5G. That's what I want. Yeah, so, I, that's what I could have in my house right now, which would be like 100 That's what up. I had in my old house. Yeah, and uh, here... Here in Noblesville, the Verizon 5G network doesn't extend out this far, but like the Verizon 5G, like business or the internet is ridiculously fast and it's unlimited as far as like how much you can use each month. Yeah. I didn't realize Comcast was limited, which my Comcast cable system is limited yeah. at like 500, no, a thousand, a, a thousand gigabytes a month, a terabyte, which that would be a plus if I went to business class. I would take a huge hit in my downstream, minimal, you know, raise on my upstream. But 
I would be able to uh, use as much internet as I wanted. The business class is unlimited usage. So, so I paid fifty dollars last month because I went over that terabyte. Ooh. Yeah, because it's ten dollars for every fifty or hundred gigs over you go. Jeez. What were you doing? Were you? Uh, Do you plug like a <laughs> two terabyte hard drive into your back place? Just let it spin. I, I, I'm I'm thinking it's like Dropbox causing the huge data shifts. Anytime like somebody that I share like a Dropbox account changes something within Dropbox, like yeah. it counts is like changing the whole folder of stuff. Which okay, so your Dropbox, which you're running in your house, um, mm-hmm. you put something on your Dropbox. And right. unless you have the thing enabled, which allows it to sync like over your own Wi-Fi network, it'll upload that stuff to the internet and then download it to the other person's thing, thus dinging you twice. So let's say you put 50 gigs of raw files on there. It uploads to the internet, and that's 50 gigs. Downloads to you know your other devices, that's another 50 gigs per device. So if Lily's right. there, your, com- your laptop's there, your iMac's there, and right. you're possibly uh, like another device, like an iPad or something that might have like downloading turned on is also there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you get screwed real fast with that. Right. And that's what I'm thinking is the culprit. Because we have it on both our iMacs and my laptop, Lily's laptop. So, so there is a way with Dropbox where if you're on the same network, it should be able to share over the network. But because your wireless network is set up where you have like two different things, one on one band, one on another, you could still have the problem if like someone's device is on the wrong band or something because it yeah, wouldn't register as like the same Wi-Fi or whatever. So It gets screwy uh, having the double routers when it comes to Apple TVs and you mm-hmm. want to control them with your phone. Yeah. Oh, man. But if you feel frustrated because you can't have Verizon, I know this is like an off crazy tangent here that we've gone down, but um, we have Verizon Internet one street over. Literally, the person in my backyard has Verizon Internet, but they have not come into our neighborhood yet, which is a different neighborhood than the one that I back up to. But I can see his you know, his driveway from my back porch. I feel you because we have AT&T in our neighborhood as well as Comcast and AT&T every year since Jen and I have moved here. We've been here for about five years now. Every single year that we've been here, they send people around to try to get you to sign up for AT&T in the mm-hmm. springtime. And every year I talk to the person, I'm just like, what are your download stream? What's your download stream? What's your upload stream? And it's ridiculous because they're still functioning over the DSL network for the, wow. and every year when I talk to them about that and I say, what is it at right now? It's always at like 15 down and five up or something. And it's like, Jeez. that's ridiculously slow. I'm not doing that. Um, and they're like, yes, but AT&T is expanding their LTE or not LTE, their fiber optic network. And, uh, they're going to be expanding to your neighborhood soon. It's been five years. They still haven't expanded every year. I'm like, look, here's my phone number. When you guys have fiber optic in my neighborhood, tell them to give me a call (laughs) because as soon as that goes into my neighborhood, all of a sudden Comcast will have to like lower prices or give us like better upstream downstream, you know, cause they'll actually have real competition. But right now they don't have any competition. It's like Comcast, slow ass AT&T or satellite. Like, yeah. Has, um, Patriot 
act on Netflix. He did a whole episode on this uh, and how the city of Memphis, Tennessee did an entire, uh, they redid their infrastructure and made a government regulated and government operated um, fiber optic network because they were just getting sick of Comcast not like improving their service. Yep. Now in the in the in what is it in London in the UK like they opened up all the broadband lines like the cable and just said you can't have a monopoly on it anymore. Um, everybody can have it for the same price or whatever. And since they did that, like the speeds there went from being like some of the slowest in the world to some of the fastest in the world for customers because when people actually had to compete for you know customer satisfaction, they did a good job. But when you don't have to compete, when you have a monopoly, you you have no reason to try hard. Anyway, Dustin, uh, one more uh, topic in the follow-up, your Part 107 study sessions. How are those going, bud? Going well. Uh, Just looked up the resources that I want to use to study for the test. Uh, Looking to get drones certified this winter. Uh, now that things are slowing down for us photographers, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, hopefully they're slowing down. We'll see. Um, and then, yeah, going to, uh, going to be officially certificationed. Nice. To keep doing the same thing I've been doing for the last several <laughs> years. I mean, wink, wink, not doing for commercial gains. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Uh, you've hired a Part 107 uh, certified person multiple times when I've worked with you. So those times are all good. It's right. just probably like your real estate stuff. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. Don't know what you're talking about. Dustin, let's move into beer talk because I see you got a fine beer in front of you tonight. What are you drinking over there, buddy? I am drinking a fine taxman brewed cherry Witheld. A Belgian-styled wheat ale brewed with cherry and spices. How do you like that one? That's not bad. It's uh, It was a little... The cherry is a bit intense. See, um, I would go the opposite with that, because I've had lots of cherry beers where the cherry is super intense, but the cherry wit held, I felt like, was uh, pretty reserved compared to most cherry beers I've had in the past. There's more of a um, wheat flavor to it. They don't yeah, uh, the, really let it, the cherry shine. Well, I guess I would say it has a cher- like cherry flavor, kind of like a Blue Moon has a citrus flavor. I would say it's kind of an equivalent to that. This is my first time having this beer, I should mention. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Literally Probably opened fun. it for the first time. It is a great Indiana beer. For? For me. For you? Just for me. Okay. Just me. Okay. We, all, we can't say, all be great Indiana men. I'd classify you as one, but that's just me. I'm too humble. Doesn't, what would you know, but I'm also drinking a beer from Taxman Brewing Company. Doesn't tonight I'm rocking out with that Build-A-Beer, the seasonal one. It's a Belgian-style rye brown ale with vanilla. It is Mm. 8% alcohol by volume, and it is delicious. A little bit sweeter than I expected. It kind of tastes like a sweet double. Uh, it's nice. I have to pick that one up. Yeah. Um, it's a specialty beer. Uh, we had to get it from a liquor store near us. And like the liquor store is printed on the label. So I don't know if they are selling this huh. all over the place. I think it was Big like a partnership Red. thing they did with Big Red Liquors here in Indy. So 
Interesting, yeah. It's really difficult for us to get uh, beers that are south of Indianapolis mm -hmm. or even beers that are from Indianapolis here. Yeah. Before this, though, when we first started out the episode, I was finishing off a Glutenberg. Ooh, a good old Glutenberg. That's a gluten-free beer for those out there that are listening. Yeah. It was uh, surprisingly good. Probably the best gluten-free beer I've ever had. Yeah? Yeah. Do you feel like your your tummy feels better? No, I'm I'm drinking this now that has gluten <laughs> in it, the tax man. So speaking of gluten and all things wellness, mm -hmm. um, as most wedding photographers, as we gear up for the winter months, uh, at least us Midwesterners and possibly East Coasters, um, we try to revisit our health and well being as humans, my wife and I, mm -hmm. and we took a food allergy test today. So I'm curious Ooh. to get the results of that and find out if there's anything like crazy, like, you know, perhaps I'm allergic to beer or <gasps> something. Like Say it so. Um, we'll see. We'll speaking see. of gluten, if uh, anybody out there, you know, we're coming up rapidly on Thanksgiving. If anybody out there has like an awesome gluten-free stuffing recipe, Please post that in the Facebook or DM me personally. I'd love that. Are you going gluten free? I am not. No. Just like gluten free stuffing. Yep. Yeah. Just would love to get some more deets on that gluten free stuffing. You know, that's all I want. That's all I want for Thanksgiving. It's my gluten free stuffing and my two front okay. teeth. <laughs> yeah. Jen's uh, Jen tweeted about this, so I feel like I'm okay to share it since she did it publicly. Um, she tweeted she's uh, gluten free now, so oh. not by choice. So I'll just leave it at that. I don't think I'm allowed to share anything else. So gotcha. Yeah, gluten free is the way to be, isn't it? Just <laughs> <laughs> hey, my dad did it for like ten years. So let's move into topics, bud. Dustin, I want to tell you a story. A story about tell maybe me. the greatest guerrilla marketing I've ever seen in my entire life. Dustin, I made the mistake. Would, would you call it a mistake? I bought a used item on Amazon, Dustin. When I opened up the item, a business card for an insurance salesperson fell out. It was right on top. And when I tipped the box over, it just fell right out. It was for business. He just sells business insurance, not personal insurance. Um, so he bought a Drobo and returned it. And before he did, he put his business card on top so that whoever bought it used next would then see his card and think, oh, do I need an insurance person? Because a Drobo is a business class device. So now I need follow-up on this story, Stephen. I need you to call this insurance agent. I need verification that this was indeed his intent. And I need to know why he returned the Drobo if it wasn't his intent. He didn't open it. He opened, mm. the, he opened the... So there's like two boxes inside the Drobo, you know? There's like the outer box and then there's like the inner box that everything's in and packaged mm -hmm. real nice. Um, he opened the outer box, put the insurance card there, closed it back up taped it back up and uh, sent it back which is why i'm saying it's guerrilla marketing and not that he so just so what you're saying it. here steven is if somebody's trying to get their start in wedding photography they could buy like wedding planning books or wedding planning things 
Um, yeah. Write down Amazon. their name and phone number on the inside cover. Send Slip it right in a little a little brochure. You, actually, you could buy the book, Stephen, and you could slide it into the book. Like you know, when people get that planning your wedding book or whatever as a as a gift to a bride that just got engaged, you buy those books on Amazon. You put I, I your know. cards in them. And this is exactly why them. I have currently bought 500 copies of How to Shoot a Wedding for the Very First Time. And I've written the wedding photo hangover credentials on the inside. <laughs> Sent them right back to Amazon. <laughs> signed, your, signed your name as if you wrote the book. Yeah. Thank you so much for buying this book. Uh, this is Stephen Van Elk with The Wedding Photo Hangover. This book... This book has brought me great joy. Um, I used it to hold up a few potted plants for a day um, <laughs> so that the sun would better hit them. And it made for a great koozie um, and coaster. I used it for both, koozie and coaster. But my time has passed with this book. I wanted to return it so that you may enjoy it like I did. Stephen Van Elk, co-host of the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast. XOXO. So, uh, is that what you wrote? Is yeah. that what you wrote? Yeah, that's what I wrote. So, um, the, the Drobo that I bought, um, was listed as being in very good condition and, uh, like new on the thing. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but like anything you send back to Amazon, they actually have like a thing where they're supposed to like test it to make sure it still works and stuff like that before they sell it to somebody else. So mm. I felt fairly confident with this. Also, um, the warranty wasn't voided by this person buying it and returning it. So I have a year of DroboCare. DroboCare. So, yeah. And I can extend that for like, I think it's like five to 10 years if I want to, if I want to pay more money for it. But like I said, I've never once used DroboCare for my first Drobo. Don't expect to with this one. Um, I got like the... What so is why it? did you choose Drobo over Pegasus? Because I trust Drobo. Because we've used it for 10 years without any problems. You don't trust Pegasus. I've never used Pegasus. Mm. Sounds a little closed-minded to me. <laughs> I didn't even know Pegasus was a competitive brand. Is that what you use? That's what I've thought about using. I've heard a lot of the naysayers talk about Drobos um, and specifically talk about how they're super slow, how you can't use them when you're editing. And uh, for this, I would say, duh. You're, you should never you should never use a RAID uh, or yeah. Beyond RAID, as Drobo calls their thing, um, drive to edit on. You should never, ever, ever do that. Um, you always want to have a separate drive that you edit on, and then you move things to your RAID or your Drobo or whatever for storage. And then when you want to work on it again, you pull it off and put it on an external drive, work on it, and then put it back on the Drobo when you're done. So the trouble for us is a way to store things in our house um, and have like dual disk redundancy is what they call it. Where like if we have a five bay Drobo, we could lose two hard drives and still have all of the data. So, so how many terabytes is that bad boy going to be? Uh, currently, it has fourteen terabytes in it. So I bought three western digital hard drives the western digital essential my notebooks you know the external hard drives i bought three of those that were eight terabytes and then i tore the uh case off of it and took the hard drive inside and installed it into the drobo um the reason for this being that they were twenty dollars cheaper than the cheapest internal hard drive you could buy on amazon which was also a western digital hard drive also 
5200 rpms or whatever and because uh because i don't like the slow speed of the 5200 rpm spinning drives uh the drobo we have is it's kind of like a fusion drive where you can have like a ssd in it you know um so there's i bought a 500 gigabyte mseta ssd which is in the bottom of it and then also i had two four terabyte hard drives that didn't have anything on them that i had bought in case hard drives failed on our old drobo to swap out you know um so i just threw those in the new drobo hmm. so with the so dual disk redundancy uh we're gonna transfer files off of it to the new drobo and then I'm probably going to end up using that for storage for video stuff. Because right now I store all my video stuff on like uh, just external hard drives, like two external eight terabyte hard drives. And if I just throw all that stuff onto the Drobo, then I don't have to worry about it as much. That'd be cool. I could still keep mm. one of the external hard drives in the fire safe. So we're all good. Cool. So that's my very boring uh, storage stuff. <laughs> Aren't you no. glad we talked about that? I, that's, that's one element of business that for some odd, weird reason when it comes to photography businesses that I'm always fascinated by, and that's uh, digital like redundancy and backup solutions. Yeah. So, I mean, everything that we shoot, like deliverables, is all backed up to our online gallery pass, which I've talked about in the past. It stores it for like up to 10 years, after which if we haven't sold anything from it, we're not ever going to, so... If the client doesn't have it then, then they don't have it. It's not really on us anymore. So can we talk about how you are planning on buying Olympus? Switching <laughs> over? Making the switch? <laughs> Making the switch to Olympus? Well, it doesn't talking about is rumors have been floating about the camera maker Olympus that they're going out of business. They're getting out of the camera business, at least. Not out of all business. But um, Olympus has come back and they've denied those rumors. Said, we're not getting out of the camera business. What other business are they in? Medical. They make medical gotcha. stuff, um, technologies. Then Olympus said, their CEO said just like a, earlier this week, that their camera business may be for sale, actually. <laughs> so they're like, rumors are floating, they're getting out of the camera business. And they were like, no, no, no. We strongly urge you guys not to say that because we are definitely in this for the long haul and their ceo this week was like but for the right buyer <laughs> yeah so they've continued to say they um the company as a whole sees uh more growth availability like they see a bigger area to grow for the company in the medical industry um so they're investing more into that area of the company without ever saying we're shutting down the camera business but that is the rumor is that they're shutting down the camera business because they're not making enough money olympus is one of the minor more okay minor is probably the wrong word they're like one of the top six camera making companies that's out there right now um but you know Compared to Sony and Icon and Canon and even Fujifilm, like Olympus is not doing great. Uh, I they're, own an they're Olympus camera. They're doing about as well as Panasonic. I own an Olympus camera. Yeah. Yeah. They were one of the first camera manufacturers camera? to make a waterproof point and shoot. <laughs> so you have like a worthless waterproof point and shoot now. Yeah. From 10 years ago. Maybe probably, 15. Yeah. No, probably 10, 10-ish. <laughs> I just remember I was going on a cruise and I was like, I want to get a point and shoot for the cruise because I don't want to take my DSLR. And I was like, I might as well get a waterproof one. And they were the only ones making one. 
So, yeah, if you have an Olympus camera, your future is in jeopardy. You you don't know if that's going to uh, be supported in the near future. So uh, if you are a big Olympus fan and you have anything that you want to say to me and Dustin about how irresponsible this coverage is of this, I would first of all say we're not journalists. This is a comedy podcast for the most part. And second of all, I would say um, weddingphotohangover at gmail.com. Feel free to send me your gluten-free stuffing recipes there if you take any issue with this Olympus stuff. Need to know. And also, Olympus, we are still we are still courting camera companies for brand ambassadorship of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... We would be happy to ride the ship into the ocean with you. <laughs> Straight into Davy Jones's locker. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dustin, I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about Instagram's changes. Uh, it was reported like a week or two ago that they were getting rid of likes in the U.S. They phrase it as they're testing, not showing likes in the U.S. Um, what that basically yeah. means now, if you're being affected by the testing, which hopefully you are, praise the Lord, we could all use less of that in our lives. Instead of saying this post has 5,000 likes, now it says this post is liked by, and if one of your friends likes it, it'll say their name, and then it'll just say, and others. And it doesn't give you a count on how so many people So essentially, it just it. says this photo has been liked, or does it also say this photo hasn't been liked? <laughs> I assume if it hasn't been liked, it just doesn't say anything. No, I prefer to say this photo just hasn't been liked. No one likes this photo. Would you like to start something? Do you want to be the first one to get in on this? Would you like to be the beacon of change? <laughs> Would you like to make somebody's day? Let's turn Instagram into a motivational and encouraging place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would love that. And Instagram is a toxic cesspool, uh, much like Twitter has become. And Instagram's just slowly trending that way. Uh, so, yeah. I still see likes on my on mine. Yeah. So there have been some more changes with Instagram, though, too. Um, if you jump onto your account and you know how it says, like, how many people are following you, how many people you're following – if you tap on one of those now, they're testing out two different things. One of the things they're testing out is they will show you, if you tap on your followers up at the top, how many of those people that you're following um, you don't interact with very much. So I was just looking at this and it showed me, I think, 72 people who I don't interact with very much. Um, that I follow. And some of those were like just people who don't post ever. And some are just people who don't ever like my stuff. So, so I was yeah. one of them. Yep. Yeah. It was like Dustin McKibben, Dustin and Corinne, big burrito. Wow. None of these accounts like any of Redwood Lane stuff, Steve. Um, and then the other thing that they're testing out is when you tap on your followers, um, you know how, so like when you tapped on your followers in the past, in the beginning, it would just show them as they had followed you. So like the very first person who followed you would be the very first person listed on your followers. And same really? with people you followed. The very first person you followed would be the very first person who showed up on your follower list. Let's Not like here. at the top, they'd show up all the way down at the bottom. So the top ones would have been in the past your new followers. And then they switched over to like an algorithmic thing a little while ago where they started showing people at the top of your followers and your following section who are people you interact with more often, people whose uh, posts you like and who like your posts more often. 
And a lot of times people who you're just friends with on Facebook, because, you know, Instagram, Facebook, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're giving you an option if you're in like one of the test categories where you can sort your followers so that either it'll show first the people who you followed first, or it'll show first the people who you followed most recently. So if that's something that's interesting to you, like you can get a good look at, Oh, who actually followed me in the last week? If you haven't like obsessively been checking like your notifications to see if people have been following you. So that is a really cool change too. And that's something that like, uh, the app I use to like track stats on Instagram. That's one of the things that app does for me. So it's nice that Instagram's doing it now because if I could stop using that app, that would be fantastic. So how do I see who the first person that followed me? Oh, you have to be one of the people who they're testing, bud. You have to be one of the people they're testing. If you're not being tested, then... But I can see see the least followed or least interacted thing. So if you can see the least interactive thing, then you can't see the version where you can sort by who you followed first and who you followed last. (sighs) Man. Sorry, bud. They're they're A-B testing right now. That's That's why I've been seeing people on Instagram stories post who their first follower was and like circle it and give like shout outs. Yeah. And that's why you've also just seen like a lot of people unfollowing you left and right. Cause they're like, this dude never interacts with my photos. No, I haven't gotten any. (laughs) We are at still at a strong 26,000. As long as you're adding new followers, you won't see how many people are abandoning you every single day just abandoning ship that's one of the reasons why i use that app too is it kind of lets you gauge how many so people are abandoning ship it's just called like followers and that's it and there's mm-hmm. probably like 20 different apps with that same name that you can download that'll do it for instagram and twitter but yeah you can also see when people block you it's uh it's harrowing harrowing i wonder how many people have blocked me that is one of my favorite things about the followers thing. So you can't see how many people have blocked you, but if somebody blocks you after you download the app, it'll show you that they blocked you. But it won't show you people who blocked you before you got the app. But one of my favorite things about it, yeah, one of my favorite things about it is it'll show you if people block you. And then you can block people who have already blocked you. Whereas like in the actual Instagram app, if somebody blocks you, they just don't show up at all. Which, from my perspective, is a terrible thing because what that does is, let's say somebody blocks you who was being abusive to you. Now they can go and check your Instagram account whenever they want, but you can't block them, so you can't keep them from checking your Instagram account. So that's why I think this app is great, which allows you to block people who have already blocked you because then it keeps them from being able to see what you're posting. But on the downside, it also keeps, you know, you from being able to unblock them ever. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. if somebody blocks you and you block them back, then if you go to unblock them, Instagram's just like, they don't exist. <laughs> what are you trying to do? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Instagram. It's a never ending black hole. So, Dustin, we've been going for like 40 minutes now. Uh, let's skip the next topic because that's something we could talk about whenever. Um, Dustin... Do you want to head into the drone zone with me? Oh, Steven. Steven, I'm always drone zone ready. So without further ado, let's cross over into 
the drone zone. Is this a thing, Dustin? Is this a thing? I'm asking you because Phil was asking in a random Facebook group. Has Mm -hmm. anyone ever run into this issue? Phil photographed a property in a rural area, so aerial images and video were a must. The land was on about 15 acres or so with Mm -hmm. several properties on either side. Basically, a neighbor has contacted the agency that Phil worked with, complaining that their land can be seen in the aerial footage. Drone was about 100 meters up in the air and focused 90% on the property that Phil was shooting. Mm -hmm. So no names on either side are mentioned in this email below, but Phil includes the email. Hi, Mr. Agent. It has come to my attention that the above property has gone on the market and is currently being advertised on realestate.com, the internet, and on your own website. The photos that are being advertised for this property contains photos of my private property. We have not at any time given permission for anyone to take photos of our property, and we definitely have not given permission to advertise this and display this for anyone to look at on the internet or any other forums. I hereby give you five days notice from receipt of this email to withdraw all these photos, including but not limited to internet and any formal of advertising. Failing to do so will lead to criminal charges. Sincerely, Angry Neighbor. Hmm. It's a great question. So, uh, Dustin, have you ever run into this problem with anything you've droned? In, I've droned. I have not run into anything in terms of people feeling like their privacy has been compromised, um, if you will. Um, and this is this is one of those like I was talking about earlier with the 107. This is one of those gray areas when it comes to drones. Um, and really, the question isn't so much drones, but more so aerospace. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1962, there was a case um, that kind of laid out some vague guidelines about what property owners own in terms of airspace above their land. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just essentially the amount of land you own, you own like what you can see and touch. So again, super vague. You don't own any airspace in the U.S. In you other countries, you do, airspace, but not in the but, U.S. But they say that if somebody is doing something above your house, your home, your property, that is infringing on your right to live or your right to work. Um, so Which the photos case in of question, your property would be neither. Right. So in this case, in 1962, Griggs versus the... Um, I believe Allegheny County or something like that. If my is this part of your studying for the part 107? A little or, bit. A little yeah. bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, are you um, just reading a Wikipedia page to us right now and trying no. to sound intelligent? So where this has typically become an issue is people who have farms next to airports. Yes. And or military bases, and they fly really close to farmers and. They claim that, you know, they earned less money that year because their animals didn't reproduce or they didn't eat or what have you. And so airspace. I'm sorry, but my sheep can't f- when there's an airplane flying over. Correct. Helicopters are even worse for the f- Surprisingly, surprisingly, chickens. 
they've when things are flying over the top. You know, I think it's that they dream about being able to fly really well. So when they see a big metal bird up in the sky, they think if that metal bird could do it, I could do it. And it makes them feel potent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But according to the question that, um, was it Phil? Yeah. Phil asked, um, he was at a hundred meters up, which is over 200 feet in the air for those of us who don't measure things with meters. Um, and they say that as long as you're 200 feet up in the air, like you should be fine. Like you shouldn't be impinging on or infringing, excuse me, on anyone. <laughs> no, I like impinging. Let's stick with that one. <laughs> what does that mean to you, Dustin? Let's unpack impinging as a word. It sounds dirty. Yeah, it does. But um, no, I think he'd be fine. I think the guy has, unless he's like trying to hide something. So that's what I'd fire back with. So how long have you been uh, growing meth? <laughs> not cooking it, growing it. You don't grow meth, Dustin. You don't this guy grow is. meth. No, you can grow weed. You don't grow meth. Oh, this guy's got a special crystallizing plant. Grows that blue meth. So just just shoot something back and be like, hey, uh, it's cool. I can take these down. Um, I'm just going to have to inform the federal agents about the uh, meth tent that I saw <laughs> in the backyard. Right. And the... Um, j- giant barrel full of uh nyquil yeah but the uh the faa hasn't hasn't come out in with anything in regards to privacy um you know they can't they can't really do anything the property owner uh unless you were to damage or they have a case for you uh infringing upon them in terms of safety or their livelihood if they feel threatened that could be a different story. And maybe just check in. Cause like, you know, if he's got like sheep or cows or llamas or ostriches, like maybe it could be a problem. Probably not with the ostriches. I think ostriches are probably like chickens where when they see things flying over, it makes them want to, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. technically if, um, if this was the case, like if this was true, then anyone who's ever been on Google maps would oh, have yeah. a case to be taken off of Google. I think you can send something in to get taken off Google. Right. And yeah. so if this guy's on Google, then I would say, well, sorry, you're on Google. So I assumed it was okay. <laughs> just just email him back with a screenshot of Google Maps of his right. property. And be like, exactly. you know, we're, we're good here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Look him up on Google. See if there's just like a big blur. What's funny is back in the day, like that was a business before drones were a thing. Pilots would take photographers up and photograph people's farms and then drive around to their farms and try to sell them like an 11 by 17. Do you know how great that was? Do you know how great that was to just be in the air? Just be in the, in the (laughs) air. Just, you know, you're untethered from the world. Hoping that camera was steady. (laughs) Open that, you open that camera up. Oh man, you're just, you're flying. Have you ever, you ever done one of those doors open helicopter rides? Oh you feel the wind whipping at you yeah buddy yeah see crin's deathly Mm. afraid of helicopters so anytime i've tried to mention going on a helicopter ride she's like nope those things look like they were meant to be death cabins oh man yeah yeah but when when you're up in the air when you when you're away from the ground looking down at all the ants you know the people the people who are Mm -hmm. the size of ants Mm -hmm. when you're up there and you just you feel like a god 
you feel like a god. You so know that, what I'm that's saying? why what I'm planning you to do is getting You feel the power those... of the rotors, and it's kind yeah. of like the power of the rotors creating the lift to get you off the ground. That power is just like cycling, funneling straight down into you. And like you feel like you could do anything. That's why I'm going to get those goggles for my drone, Steven. And then I'm just going to sit in, in front of the, one of those industrial fans. Can you feel the wind whipping at you? Can you feel the wind whipping at you when, when you got a drone? That's what the industrial fan is all about, Steven. I'm just going to have somebody with a leaf blower in front of me. Do you look down at the ground and just think, you know, if I let go of this rope, if I just, just let go of this rope, I, I'd just fall. and I'd, I'd be nothing anymore. Do you get that with a drone? Do you get that? Sounds like you sounds like you should talk to someone about these feelings, Steve. <laughs> I was buckled in. If I dropped the mm-hmm. camera, if I'd untied the camera from the safety harness and dropped that, that would have been gone. That would have been so gone. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. So I yearn for the days the- when I could get back into a doors doors off helicopter ride and just fly around, buddy. Oh, I feel so good. Yeah, I've ch- I tried. My uh, uncle is the VP of marketing for a major corporation. And one of his clients uh, does oil rig uh, air conditioners. Mm. And he was talking to me about how they needed to get some shots of these air conditioners. And they have to like... Did you send him that video str- of the guy with the drone strapped to his back? <laughs> flying around in the desert? I should have. Like, I, I, I could do like, this. Trust me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we, we, uh, we can I fly helicopters. It's fine. Got a helicopter pilot friend named Steven Van Elk. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. Certified. I'll take the doors off and I'll fly you up there, buddy. I'll just fly you. And we'll just see so what happens if we ever come back in one piece. <laughs> in one piece. Two yeah. pieces is fine too. Two pieces. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just cut right in half. Cause you know, if you go too low, if you, I'm just saying, if it'd be really hard to get that pinky and not get the rest of those fingers. You know what I'm saying? So there'd be several pieces. And if you go too low below the waist, then, you know, legs, each leg legs. is individual. <laughs> That's uh, three pieces, upper half, two legs. <sighs> throwing it out there. Throwing it out there for anybody listening. Take this and I up in a helicopter. There. Let us die at your hands. I mean, let us, let us work at your hands, you know, whatever, whatever. Dustin, you ready to do some Q&A? Oh, I'd love some Q&A, Stephen. Q&A me. Have you ever been stuck working on a video project because all the music you find is terrible? Mm-hmm, I have. Sometimes finding music is the worst part of making videos. Well, Musicbed is here to help because they've been there too. And that's actually the entire reason their whole platform exists. Is it? They collaborate with hundreds of artists, bands, and composers to make the music finding situation easier because they can provide you with good music. So let me get this straight, Steve. I can go on to Musicbed's site and I can download a song and I don't have to worry about YouTube taking my video down? That's absolutely right, Dustin. Whoa. That's a part of Musicbed's whole thing with their YouTube clearance with Sync ID. Do they have something where like I can download music all the time without having to worry about like a bride not liking a song and I can switch it out? Do they have anything like that? Yeah. You can get a subscription. What? Like Netflix? To Musicbed. And if you use the code WEDDINGHANGOVER, that's all one word, uh, you get your first month free. Sounds sounds like a great service, Steve. But if you didn't want to do a subscription, you could also just get 20% off a single song license. 
with code wedding hangover. Okay, that works too. So all you have to do is go to musicbed.com and use promo code wedding hangover when you sign up for an account. Have you ever spent hours and hours just searching for music on like the the royalty free sites where it's all stuff that uh, has is in the public domain? Because it's terrible. All the music there is terrible. I know. Typically, I just go on to other people's wedding videos and I just rip the music off of their videos and just assume that they must have licensed it or found it from somewhere. So it has to be good. You just pull the vows out with it in the toast mm-hmm. and you just throw that in your video. Who cares? Typically their vows are better. So then I just sync it up with their mouths. So if you don't want to find yourself in that sticky situation that Dustin often finds himself in when he's syncing mouse. <laughs> all about that mouse syncing. Then head on over to MusicBed and use code WEDDINGHANGOVER right now. Do it. Check the link in the show notes if you want to get started. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve. Brianna from a random Facebook group. Okay, y'all. Get a load of this. Also need advice on the best way to proceed. Today I was meeting a client for a shoot. And when I showed up, there were a few other people and another photographer, but my clients never showed up in parentheses or so I thought I ended up leaving when there are only five minutes left to our session, which had a contract agreement and a non-refundable deposit. And then I received a message from my client stating that she accidentally had photos done with another photographer there. Any insight on this, folks? Hmm. Always, uh, I've always been curious about that because we, uh, there's a park here in Fort Wayne that, like, during the fall time, everybody and their brother shoots at. The mini sessions. You were there. There were several other photographers there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've always thought, like, hey, there's a couple standing over there alone, looking like they're, you know, waiting on their photographer. What if we just casually walked up to them and, like, hey, ready for pictures? And just like started shooting them. Hey, ready for pictures? Your name is. I left the sheet back in the car, Kryn. Jessica. Oh, yeah, Jessica. Um, That's our girl. That's our girl. I forgot forgot your wedding contract um, at the coffee shop where we met. Uh, Can I just get you to re sign this wedding photo contract real quick? And your date was what again (laughs) for the wedding? Yeah, I know. That would have to work. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I think that could be like a new business. You just go to popular places where engagement sessions happen, show up, like say, you know, most engagement sessions happen at golden hour and you show up like 30 minutes early, you know, in nondescript black clothing with, you know, fancy camera equipment and just poach clients. Dude, I'm having the best idea right now. Indianapolis, Christmas time. Where do a lot of people propose? The Circle downtown. Monument Circle. I just show up at the Circle and I just start shooting random couples. Just random couples. Boom. When one of them proposes, then I'm like, all right, now, um, if I could just get you guys to do a few shots with me real quick. Uh, your fiance hired me for this. And he's going to go with it because he doesn't want to look like a fool. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, he doesn't want to look like he wasn't prepared for this. So maybe I'll throw something in like, yeah, no, he contacted me so long ago because he said he loves you so much that he would oh, no. never forget to get a photographer for the proposal. So 
uh, yeah, let's let's knock this out. And then you tell him that this was just a promotion through the jeweler. <laughs> and then I take a cut from the jeweler? <laughs> How does this oh, work? you want paid for these? You want paid for these? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's where it gets challenging, I guess. You got to sell them the photos when you're done. What do you think happened to Brianna here? Her couple shows up. They do a shoot with another photographer. Do you think that photographer is going to be like, here are your free photos, I guess? <laughs> my question is, my question is, Dustin, what, mm-hmm. what happened to that photographer's clients? <laughs> yeah. They're just floating off in the ether. Yeah, They're like, hey, sorry we never showed up for your shoot. <laughs> it's okay. I got another client out of it. I actually, uh, they were going to shoot with this girl named Brianna for their wedding, but I, I completely stole the wedding from her too. Yeah. I really would love some follow-up from, uh, from Brianna on how she handled this moving forward. Man, I think the only thing you can do so that you don't lose a client at that point, you got to reshoot. Right. Absolutely. But maybe charge them for travel or something because... That does suck that you were just sitting there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I don't know how long your sessions are, Brianna, but, but just sitting you, there. How do you not know what your couple looks like? I guess if, if I don't meet them in person ahead of time, I at least like try to look them up on Instagram or Facebook so I have an idea. Um, and if they so, have no social media, I ask them to send me a photo of themselves naked so that way I know what I'm looking So a lot of times... <laughs> Wow, Dustin, really? That's where you wanted to go with this? I'm like, yo, I'm your photographer. Send nudes. That's that's what you do. That's you. Well, I don't I don't want the clothing clothing to be distracting to me when I'm looking for them in a busy park. I want to be able to envision them with any form of clothing on. Right. Yeah. I'm really good at Photoshop, Steve. I can Photoshop anything on them. In your brain mind, yeah. In, in my brain Adobe cloud. Yeah. That's why you shoot all your weddings with uh, just nudist <laughs> couples. And then you're like, don't worry, I'll get the clothes on and post any wedding dress you want, babe. Any wedding dress you want. Correct. Any suit you want. Anything. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it at all. Exactly. You know how good CGs become? So... So, this obviously has never happened to you. I show up to a lot of engagement shoots without knowing who the person is I'm going to shoot. I will take a phone call with them beforehand, and then I don't Facebook stalk them or Instagram stalk them. Or maybe sometimes I do, and I just forget what they look like by the time I get there. So then I just get out of my car, and I kind of look for somebody else who looks like they're looking for someone. Then I walk up, and I'm like, are you looking for Steve Van Elk? And they're like, no, I was actually looking for Jen Van Elk. And I'm like, perfect, 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 perfect. <laughs> Did I say Steve? I'm, I'm Jen. I'm her. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm like, no, let's I've had do that. this. I've done the same thing before at the canal. Um, I've showed up like behind the Indiana State Museum. and Don't pretend like you I'll shoot be... in Indianapolis. You're a Fort Wayne photographer. Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. Oh, all this yeah, posture. I don't like to slum it with you Indianapolis people. <laughs> but um every now and then I you know, I sink to that level and I shoot in Indianapolis and I'll be at the canal and I'm kinda looking for that same situation, that couple that looks like they're lost, looking for a dog, but they're really looking for their photographer. And 
I, I've had one instance where I had two couples that I went up to and I was like, oh, hey, are you Kelly or, you know, whatever. And they're like, nope. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, uh, did I like put the wrong place down? <laughs> You're like, hey, look, I'm just throwing this out there, girl, but you look like a Kelly to me. <laughs> Would you like to be my Kelly? I can be your Zach Morris. Yeah, perfect. A Kapowski. Mm. Mm. But uh, typically, because our brand is Dustin and Corinne and our image is on everything, um, most people know what we look like, um, or at least a 10-year-old skinnier version of us. Yeah, that's, I feel like we're, I feel like that's where Brianna fell down here. Uh, you got to make your image something that's available to the client, because this sounds like the client showed up, somebody came up to them like, hey, were you here for the photo shoot? And they just said yes. They didn't have any idea what Brianna looked like. Maybe Brianna needs to get that beautiful face of that company out there for everyone to see. That's why when Steve's clients show up, they're like, we're looking for the Redwood. We are looking for the Redwood. Well, I do show up to every single one of my shoots for Redwood Lane dressed as a sequoia tree. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it actually works out. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's got the branches I'm and everything. Unmissable. He's got stilts. And the good part about that is, you know, there could really be anybody inside that redwood costume. It doesn't have to be me. So if I'm, if I'm real tired, yeah, I just send a robot out there or a drone and I let them do the shoot for me. It's one of those inflatable yeah. things that they use at like car dealerships. That might be why I have all those reviews saying he seemed real impersonal. <laughs> yeah. But he got a lot of good bird's eye view pictures. Yeah. A lot of pictures where it looked like his arms were just flopping all around. You know? <laughs> we never actually saw a camera. <laughs> Several times his head was flopping around, too. <laughs> we're not certain how this happened. Morgan Roberts from our very own Facebook group asks, Do you feel like in another universe, if you didn't work in weddings, that you'd be able to be an Ed Sheeran fan? Um, D-Mac, D-Mac, I know that you're a big Ed Sheeran fan. You take offense to what Morgan said, don't you? You love that, Ed Sheeran. Every time I see Dustin, Dustin greets me by saying, I'm in love with the shape of you. You. Yeah. Because Steve has a lovely shape, Mm. and I like to think most people don't love Steven's shape. And then he's like... I like to give him positive energy. And then like Dustin's like, we push and pull like a magnet do. And I'm like, that is incorrect grammar. And he's like, yeah, just like magnets, baby. Mm. Mm. So I think what Morgan's trying to say is that a lot of weddings play Ed Sheeran. Do they? It's been a very popular um, first dance song of late. Do they? And so I think he's implying that if he wasn't at weddings, what Ed Sheeran Ed song Sheeran. do they play? Because literally the only Ed Sheeran song I know is "Shape of You," and I got to say, I'm here in this universe, Morgan. And I'm a fan. Boom. Boom. Drop it like it's Truth. hot. Truth I am bones. a wedding photographer. I'm in this universe. And I am a fan of Shape of You. With its terrible grammar. Yeah. Love Story by Ed Sheeran. Mm. Yeah, what's that one? Sing it for me, baby. Baby? I'm pulling it up here. Baby? Ba- ba- baby, are you... Baby, where'd you go, baby? Baby? Dustin, baby. Baby? Follow my lead. 
I'm the girl. Oh, that one that's like sweet. I never knew someone in for me. Just missing, I fell in love. That was unrecognizable as a song. That was like a music bed ad level of music there. <laughs> Not that music bed makes bad music. It's that when Dustin does the mouse sounds at the pre-roll ad, that everybody who doesn't pay to skip the ads gets to hear. Mm. Whew. Yeah. Um, I pay to skip the ads. <laughs> I pay to skip the ads by tapping the 15 seconds forward button several times. <laughs> um, I got to be honest. Shape of You is the only Ed Sheeran song that I know. I don't know a single other one. If they get played at weddings, I don't know what they are. Um, there is only like two songs I recognize ever at any what Oh, three songs. Three songs I recognize at any weddings. Uh, one is the song Jen and I had our first dance to, which is Bright Eyes, First Day of My Life. Mm-hmm. Two is Ben Fold's song, The Luckiest. Because I was a big Ben Folds fan in uh, high school. And three is Stephen Curtis Chapman's song, uh, Cinderella. Because my mom was a huge Stephen Curtis Chapman fan growing up. She's all about that Christian music. Mm. That's the song that's like, if I could dance with Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah. I'd dance with her forever. I'd bust her glass slippers and tell her if she wanted to ever marry a prince, she had to find another one. I don't know how that song goes. Nora, my daughter, is a huge Cinderella fan, and I am fairly certain if she ever decides to get married someday, I will be dancing with her to that song. So, uh, you know, if if those gender like stereotype things for you like daughters dances with dad or if that's still a thing when she gets married if it's not then i will gladly not dance to a cinderella song by steve Curtis chapman <laughs> but if it is still a thing i'm pretty certain that's what's gonna happen interesting yeah just throwing that out there and Sorry, for nora Maureen. i would totally dance with that with her to that song you know if she's out there listening yeah, no. I mean, I love her so much. Today, um, she, we were home alone, just me and her, and she started, she has like princess dresses for all the different Disney princesses, like the mm-hmm. dress up things. And she told me that Nora was missing and then she disappeared and she came back with a dress um, is for, it's like Elsa, Belle, Tiana, Cinderella, and she pretended to be each one of the princesses trying to help me find my daughter, Nora. <laughs> And then she'd run away to get another princess to tell me where they had seen Nora last. And then she'd run away, grab, you know, put on a different dress and come back. And it's maybe the most adorable thing that's ever happened. Oh, man. My daughter told me yesterday, Daddy, I want to be a princess when I grow up, but I can't be. And I said, why can't you be a princess when you grow up? Because princesses have powers and i have no powers daddy princesses like elsa have powers and you were like that's a witch <laughs> and you're no witch uh, i would have but been I like wish you were. uh you can't be a princess when you grow up because we're about to kill the bourgeois <laughs> welcome to the new american revolution whoa steven yeah no dude it's gonna we're, we're gonna do what france did france probably needs to do what france did <laughs> 
<laughs> Meanwhile, I am working on making billions of dollars. I want to be part of the bourgeois. <laughs> Let's do another question. This one comes from Phantom producer Louis Novak. He writes in to ask, was just curious on what you thought. Should I have a separate website for non-wedding photography? Or is it better to show you do more than just weddings? Hmm. Wow. That's a great question, Louis. Um, so I have many websites for many things. Um, because somebody brought it to my attention years ago that if you do too many things and feature too many things on your website, it dilutes your brand. My brand is that I do photography with a camera. So, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so uh, I feel like I can do whatever I want there. So if you make your brand that, then yes, you can showcase whatever you want. Um, I'm a, I'm we a cam guy. I think that's what they call me, a cam guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you pay me money and I'll do whatever you want online. Wink. So people people call him Cameron. People call him Cameron. Um but yeah, uh, when we made our rebrand from McKibben Photography, which was sort of the we do it all kind of thing, to Dustin and Corinne, we realized uh, we wanted our focus to be on weddings at that time. And so we branched the McKibben Photography brand into being the sort of everything else other than weddings. And Dustin and Corinne became Dustin and Corinne Wedding Photography. Um, very, very niche. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of backfires anytime somebody wants something other than weddings and they're like, they see us post something. They're like, oh, I didn't know you did families or, oh, I didn't know you did real estate or, oh, I didn't know you shoot commercials or, oh, I don't, I didn't know you were an assassin for hire. You know, like that kind of stuff. My favorite one is the Camboy business you run under the uh, heading Big Burrito. Um, I love to mm-hmm. just sign into that every once in a while, you know, throw a few dollars your way and Thanks, make man. you say things to me like, uh, I'm going to get out my big lens for you. I'm going to zoom that lens for you, Stephen. Oh, no. Don't make me get my macro. Oh, Dustin. Or is it a micro? I don't um, know. There's the debate. Louis, you you got to split the uprights here because on the one hand, yeah, it's good to have a niche and to own that niche. On the other hand, if you get to the point I'm at, I'm managing six different brands on Instagram <laughs> right now. I got Steven Van Elk. I got Jen Van Elk. I got Redwood Lane. I got Bespoke Tone. I got Wedding Photo Hangover. I got Wedding. He's got Bill- Billy Bob Van Elk. And it's just so much. It's so much. And you might be out there thinking like, that's just like six things and six photos a day. That's not a lot, Steve. And it's like, um, notice Jen and I run like a, like real businesses here where we're actually like doing real work. I don't really have time to sit around and like pick out six photos per day and write six captions per day and do six set of like what are relevant tags for this photo every day. Like everything you add on as far as like creating a new brand with a new website is a new set of marketing work that you're adding on. If you have one brand you can market that one brand and market to different facets of what that brand does. So yeah, you might look 
look like a jack of all trades, master of none to some people, but to other people, they'll realize you look like a photographer who does work and gets paid money to get that big lens out. So I think it's pretty common, Louie, for people like me and Dustin to get their big lenses out. Oh, I always keep it in my pants. Um, I like to I get a flash bag. every once in a while, too. Mm-hmm. But, Louie, I think it's pretty common for wedding photographers to run, like, family, seniors, all of that portrait-type stuff yep. under the same umbrella. Now, where it gets a little bit more tricky is if you try, are trying to branch into more, like, commercialized photography. You can kind of get away with it if you're, like, lifestyle photography. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of photographers, like a few years ago, tried to move their brand to like Stephen Van Elk lifestyle photographer. So then it was like anything that's considered lifestyle, like weddings, families, you know, branding that's lifestyle-esque all fit in that brand. But um, if you're going to do more like highly commercialized type stuff, it kind of gets a little bit more challenging to float that under the same umbrella, I feel. Yeah. I mean, I tried to do that a few years ago um, when I started out Redwood Lane and with my camboy stuff, I was like, I'm going to get that mm-hmm. big lens out for you. And I was like, oh crap, all I have are pancake lenses. Oh, this is embarrassing. Please don't look. Don't take any screenshots. Like for example, Louie, we from time to time will book big, not, I, I don't like to use the word big, but uh, national magazine editorial Brag. stuff. Brag. And I don't Brag. think Brag. they Brag. would hire. Brag. I don't think they Brag. would hire us Brag. through our Dustin Brag. and Craig wedding band. You know what I, I mean? You, Brag. How you doing over there, bud? Did you get through that oh. one? Brag. But since we do have Brag. the commercial site, Brag. which is where they found us, they hire us from there. Mm-hmm. What's the commercial site name again? DustinMcKibben.com. That's still out there somewhere? Mm-hmm. Floating in the ether? I just got an email yesterday. Thanks for, for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect, we're at Wedding Photo Hangover on Instagram. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. And Stephen is at Stephen Van Elk. If you want to join the awesome community of listeners that contribute to the show every week, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. If you want to help keep this podcast alive, though, because we're always, we're always about to die, head over to stephendustinsavetheworld.com and you can sign up to support the co- podcast for as little as $1 a month. On top of the benefit of knowing you're keeping a good show going, because we got a good show going here, mm-hmm. you get the benefit of extra content. That's right. At $1 a month, you get outtakes from our guest episodes. At $5 a month, you get the Stephen Dustin Save the World podcast where we answer even more weird, crazy, random-ass questions from Facebook every single week. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right. Next Sunday after you shoot... Another, Another wedding. wedding. Dustin, I got to take issue with you here in the after show. <gasps> I watched Jack Ryan, brah. Yeah? 
You said there was like a lot of people speaking Chinese. Chinese? Yeah. Did you not say that? What did you say? I I said there was a lot of foreign language. Foreign language. You couldn't suss out the foreign language being spoken. Suss out? What do you mean? You didn't know which one it was? There's only Uh, one foreign language spoken throughout the entire thing. There was some Russian at the beginning. Damn it. Damn it. Mm. Damn it. Mm. Yeah. You got me there. You got me there. For some reason, I thought you said Chinese, and it's just Spanish the whole time. But yeah, it was very good. But there's a lot of of conversations between the president and like his colonel or co-president or whatever that guy's title is. Yeah, and not only was there a lot of conversation between the president and the other guy that was just completely in Spanish with subtitles, mm-hmm. there were several times where they had people speak in Spanish and they didn't do any subtitles. And that drives me crazy. Like and then, when that happens. Well, well typically it's because there's a translator there and then the translator would say something. But from my very base level Spanish from taking it in junior high, high school and college, um, I could tell that the things being translated weren't necessarily 100% what was said, you know, especially because like they were shortening things up, paraphrasing stuff like that, you know? So it was just interesting. I, I felt like it was a pretty bold move for a show that was really marketed to American audiences. Um, I don't think there's a lot of people around the world who are like, I want to watch the CIA do good CIA stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think I think most people are like the CIA is a terrible organization run by a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's largely a show made for Americans, I feel like. And then they were very very boldly just saying like, you know, a lot of uh, Americans speak Spanish. So we'll just do parts of this in Spanish. That's how I felt about it, and I loved it. Well, and that's what makes it challenging for photographers who w- edit while they like have TV shows in the background. When you run into shows like that, you know, you completely miss those elements of the show because I'm not going to stop what I'm editing and like read the subtitles, which is why you shouldn't be watching shows while you're editing. You should nah. be listening to podcasts like wedding photo hangover. Have you told your friends about the wedding photo hangover yet? Your photographer is it, friends. Is it any good? It's great. I've heard of this one. <laughs> it's great. Okay. It's great. Believe me, it's going to change watched. your life if you start listening. And it'll change the show forever if you start listening. <laughs> Trust me about that. I uh, watched John Wick 3 today while I was Ooh, editing. Oh, baby, that's a good one. You liked it? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I thought it was awful. Um, The scene where he uses the horse... The scene where he okay, used that, the horse? The horse scene was pretty badass. Yeah. That Okay, I'll give you that. That was creative. But the whole movie, I'm just like, what is the point of this movie? Oh, yeah. Like, the whole premise of, like, these people killed my dog, so now I'm getting revenge is, like, real worn and thin. At this point in yeah. time, it's really just like, these people are trying to kill me, so I got to try to kill them first. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, okay, so I'm excommunicated. Now I have to run away to talk to whoever this random ass head honcho guy is to get unexcommunicated, but I'm going to kill a bunch of people in that process. And then I'm like not excommunicated. And then I'm immediately going to get excommunicated again as soon as I'm back. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to like change my mind and then I'm backstabbed and movie over done. (laughs) 
It's like, what? Dude, the backstab scene was so good, though. And then Zooks. Zooks was there to save him. Jason Manzoukas. I love that guy. My question I have with that movie, though, and I've never killed anyone to my knowledge, (laughs) nor shot anyone to my knowledge, um, but do you, like, he just shoots them so many times. Yeah. Like, I've seen so many James Bond movies. One time, they're down. This guy is like, boom, once in the chest, twice in the head, and I got to go up and shoot him again just for good measure. As somebody who just finished watching Jack Ryan, I can tell you, they shoot many times. They shoot people many times. It's like, if you don't get that headshot, they might be coming back at you in a few seconds clutching their side so you but you no he hits him, him twice in, the, in that movie he t- would shoot him twice in the head oh i think you're talking about the scene where it's like the people wearing full body armor and he shoots them once in the head to like knock him out and then sticks his gun underneath the body armor to actually get the kill i'm talking about the scene with holly berry where he's like running through the market oh, and gosh. that scene's awesome where the dogs are attacking people Oh yeah, my they, gosh. They did they did a good job with animals in this movie. Yes, they did. The the dog attack scene and the horse attack scene, both just amazing scenes. Uh yeah, man. The older I get, like the less uh the less I have a taste for like movies where like people kill people, but John Wick somehow breaks through that and I just love it. It doesn't even matter. Cause it feels like the kills are all intentional, like they're necessary kills. Like if he doesn't kill, like he's not just killing random people. It's like everybody he kills is somebody trying to kill him for the most part. And then there's that random fight scene with the two Asian guys where they're like in awe that they're fighting John Wick and they keep not killing him. Yes. And then he eventually kills kills them. them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's mutual respect, Dustin. I don't know if you know anything about that. It's no. like last week when we were talking about your Santa sessions and how you used a copyrighted photo. The whole time, Correct. I could have gone for the kill. I could have just, you know, submitted your ad to the company that made the Christmas Chronicles, Netflix, and just had your business obliviated. But I didn't go for it because of our mutual respect. Yeah, but I already got their permission. I already got an You and Netflix high-fived. Yeah. I signed up for a Netflix premium pro account, which allows me unlimited access to their imagery, <laughs> like a stock, stock library. I stock, I stock net stock. Almost you could net. call it flick stock. Yeah. Flickster. <laughs> <laughs> you get DVDs in the mail. Don't worry about it. It's all good. They still, did you know Netflix still does a DVD mail service? Yeah. But they never got around to calling it Flickster cause that was a terrible mistake. Apparently, they bought DVD.com. Nice. Way to go. I've not double-checked that, but that's what I've heard. Just murder the competition. Just kick them till they're down and then kick them again. Yeah. Are you watching anything else other than Jack Ryan? Oh, my gosh, dude. Jen and I watched Living With Yourself, the Netflix uh, show with Paul Rudd. Yeah, I watched that. We started watching it, and we went through it in like 24 hours. It was so good. Me (laughs) too. Me too. I was like... I watched the first episode. I'm like, ah, this kind of seems sort of strange. I, like I watched that one night before I went to bed. Well, the next day kill- I watched it's, the entire rest of the season. It's brutal because every episode is like 20, 20 to like 30 minutes long for the most part. And yeah, so, so they're short, short and they feel short. But, and then every episode ends with a cliffhanger. So it's like, well, I got to see what happened. And then the next episode picks up from a different person's point of view. Yeah. 
the clone's point of view or the original's point of view. I or mean, the wife's point of view. They, they blow that in like the first 30 seconds of the show and in all the trailers for the show. So I don't feel like I'm really spoiling it for anyone, but it's like Paul Rudd gets cloned and like the show starts with him digging his way out of a grave. So you, you know, he got cloned. Like you, you already know that happened like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it's just crazy because like you're immediately just thrown into this weird, like, world where it's like oh the story is taking place from his point of view and the next episode it's like nope taking place from the clone's point of view and then like they just keep piggybacking like that and man it was masterfully done masterfully yeah. done and it, yeah it was, it was it felt like a almost like something almost on the cusp of like black mirrors yeah you did mention one of the episodes picks up from the wife's point of view and oh my gosh that episode had jenna and i in tears that, that was a rough episode because mm-hmm. it kind of showed like what spouse. happened with everything that went on between them and like why their relationship went from being so happy to so sad and everything and oh it was yeah it was it was a rough one but yeah Dustin, i think we should probably call it a night Good night, my friend. Good night. Bye, listeners. Bye. (sighs) You think the metal birds ever f***? Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee.